The previous couple of Mishnahis have shown how all Yisraelim were split into 24 groups known as Ma'amodis. And each Ma'amod would either go to the Beis HaMikdash or to the Shul in their own city for one week at a time. And they would fast for most of the week, they would read from the Torah. And as well as that, although this is not written explicitly in the Mishnah, they would also help prepare for the Karbonis which were brought that day. Of course, being Yisraelim, they couldn't do any of the actual service of bringing the carbon. However, they could fetch wood, prepare the wood so it can be used for the Mizbeach, fetch water to pour onto the animal before it's slaughtered. However, on a, on a regular day, they would only really need to do this for the carbon tomid of the morning and the afternoon, but it was one carbon, and therefore it would not require that much effort or time. However, there were certain days where other things needed to be done by the Yisraelim, by the Anshe Mahmud, the members of that week's Mahmud, and in that case, those people who were in the Beis HaMikdash, not those who were in the cities in their shuls, but those who were in the Beis HaMikdash, they would skip out the reading from the Torah and the extra tefillahs, which they would add into their davening. Rather, they would daven a regular davening in order that they have time to perform the other things which they need to do. Kol Yom Behalel. Firstly, any day which only has Halel on that day. No Musaf, but only Halel. So this is referring to Hanukkah. We say Halal every day of Hanukkah, however, there is no Musaf. So there was no added carbon. However, Halal would extend the davening such that Ein Be'Mamad B'Shachris, there wouldn't be a Mamad, that's referring to the reading of the Torah, and the parts which they would add to davening generally, they would not do that during Shachris. Korban Musaf, on a day where there is also Korban Musaf, such as Rosh Chodesh, Ein Be'Mamad there wouldn't be a Mamad. Meaning they would not read from the Torah and they wouldn't add in all the davening all the way up to Ne'ilah. So they would do it during Shachris, but for the rest of the day they would not add in any of these things since as a result of the extra carbonos which had to be brought, they would be occupied in preparing these carbonos. They wouldn't have time to do the added things during Musaf, Mincha or Ne'ilah. Now the next Mishnah is going to talk about the wood which was donated and used on the Mizbeach for all of the Karbanos. And when the Jews came back and rebuilt the second Beis HaMikdash, at the beginning there was no wood in the Beis HaMikdash which could be used. And so different families who had come up from Bovel back to rebuild the second Beis HaMikdash, they donated wood for use on the Mizbeach. And as sort of a reward for that, it was instituted that they would always be able to donate the wood for the Mizbeach, even if there's enough wood already in the Beis HaMikdash, they would have the privilege of supplying the wood for the Karbanos. Now each contribution of wood lasted for a particular amount of time, and then the next family donated wood until that ran out, and then another family came and donated more wood. Now on the day, and on the anniversary really, each year of when a particular family began to supply the wood, so the first day that they supplied wood for the Mizbeach, they had the privilege to do so during future years as well. And they would also bring lots of voluntary carbonos on that day, and it would be a sort of yomtev for that family. The Rabbonon instituted that they should have a lot of joy on that day. Be'azameh, the Mishnah tells us that carbon eats him on a day where offerings are brought up for the wood, meaning where it's a, considered a yomtev for that particular family, and they come and bring lots of carbonos, so that is going to keep the members of the Mahmud very busy. However, since it was only Midrabonon, and it wouldn't necessarily require as much care and preparation as the carbon Tomid, which was brought every day for the entire Jewish people, so because of that, there was no Mahmud Eimba Mincha. There was no reading of the Torah and the extra davening up until Mincha, but there was during the Ilah. Rabbi Akiva, this is all according to Rabbi Akiva. 
However, Omer ben Azai, ben Azai said to Rabbi Akiva, Kachoy Rabbi Yeshua Rabbi Yeshua would teach that the law was as follows. Korban Musaf, on the day where there is a Korban Musaf, in Bema Mincha, there wouldn't be a Ma'amod at Mincha. And all the more so during Musaf itself. Korban Eitzim. On a day where there was a Korban Eitzim, in Bema Ne'ilah, on that day there wouldn't be all the way until Ne'ilah. And the reason was sort of the opposite logic of Rabbi Akiva. According to Yeshua, since all of the joy and this enactment that the family should bring carbonos on the day, since it's all midrabonon, and it's sort of more of a custom, which doesn't even apply to everybody, there is a fear that they would come to treat it lightly. And so to prevent that occurring, there wouldn't be a mamod all day. After Shachris, of course, there wouldn't be during Musaf, Mincha, or Ne'ilah, in order to show the significance of the Karbanos which were being brought on those days. And when Rabbi Akiva heard what when, as I said, in the name of his Rebbe, in the name of his teacher, Rabbi Yeshua, Chozer Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva retracted and taught the law like Ben Azai had said in the name of Rabbi Yeshua. Mishnah Om, the times of the wood of the Karnim and the people, meaning the dates on which a carbon Eitzim was brought, Tisha, there were nine such dates during the year. on the first day of Nisan ben Orach ben Yehuda, the descendants and the family of Orach ben Yehuda. When it says ben Yehuda, doesn't necessarily mean that he was the son of Yehuda, it means he came from the tribe, the Shevet of Yehuda. And you'll notice that pretty much all of the people on the list here either came from the tribe of Yehuda or Binyamin. And the reason for this is because those were the only two tribes other than the Leviim and the Kayanim who returned from Bovel to rebuild the second base Amikdash. So since the family of Orach on the first of Nisan contributed the wood, so every first of Nisan after that they had the privilege to contribute wood from then until the next date. And on the first day of Nisan, they would bring Karbonis and rejoice. Okay, so that wood lasted until the 20th of Tammuz. But Esim Tammuz, on the 20th of Tammuz, B'nai David ben Yehuda, the descendants of David from the tribe of Yehuda. B'chamish Ba'av, on the 5th of Av, B'nai Parish ben Yehuda, the descendants of Parish from the tribe of Yehuda. B'shivabai, on the 7th of Av, B'nai Yodonov ben Rechov, the descendants of Yonodov ben Rechov, who came from the family of Yisrael. Ba'asarboy on the 10th of Av, B'nai Sinah ben Binyamin, descendants of Sinah from the tribe of Binyamin, Ba'chamisha Asarboy on the 15th of Av, which as we will learn in the last mission of this Masechta, was considered an extremely joyous day, Tuba Av, and because this day carried extra significance, B'nai Zat ben Yehuda, other than the descendants of Zatu from the tribe of Yehuda, they mohem with them, Kehanim Ulaviim, and anybody who made a mistake, who didn't know from which tribe or from which family he was from, so all these people would also rejoice and bring Karbonis on this day, together with the descendants of Zatu from the tribe of Yehuda, and as well as that of which literally means the descendants of those who stole using a pestle, a tool for crushing, and they were also known as the descendants of those who cut dried figs. Now what exactly are we talking about? So the Gemara explains that the nation ruling over Eretz Yisrael at the time, during a particular period in history, they decreed that the Jewish people cannot perform all of the mitzvahs, and one particular mitzvah was Bikurim. Mitzvah of bringing one's first fruits which ripen to the Beis Hamikdash, and those who still wanted to do so, despite the danger, they bought baskets of fruit, of Bikurim fruit, and covered them with dried figs. And they also took a pestle to, to pretend as if they were going to crush the dried figs, 
And if any watchmen of the nation ruling of Eretz Yisrael would ask them what they're doing, they would say that they're going to take their figs somewhere in order to crush them, and that way they would pass through them, and they would manage to reach the base Hamikdash and bring the Bikurim. And so because of their self-sacrifice to perform this mitzvah, they also had the privilege to bring Korbanos and have this day as being a sort of joyous day for them, together with the descendants of Zatu. But Esimboy, on the 20th of Av, B'nei Pachas Merv ben Yehuda, the descendants of Pachas Moyov from the tribe of Yehuda, Be'esim Be'elul. On the 20th of Elul, a month later, B'nei Odin ben Yehuda, the descendants of Odin from the tribe of Yehuda, Be'echad Be'teves, on the 1st of Teves, Shovu b'nei Parashiniyah, the descendants of Parash returned a second time, and the Mephoshim explained that when it came to the 1st of Teves, there were still another three months left of the year, but no one had come to contribute more wood. And so they cast lots, made a lottery between all of the families who had already brought the wood. And the family of Parosh were chosen, and so they needed to contribute wood for the next three months until the end of the year. Interestingly, actually, the first time they brought wood, they only contributed enough for two days, from the 5th of Av until the 7th of Av. And now, because of the lottery, they would need to contribute wood for three whole months. But as it may, the Mishnah notes that Be'echel Teves on the 1st of Teves, which is also Rosh Chodesh, and it's also Chanukah. So the Mishnah says, L'hoi b'mamod, there would be no mamod all day. Not during Shachris, not during Musaf, not during Mincha, not during Ne'ilah. Because Shehoi b'halel, there was halal on that day. V'karbon Musaf, there was also karbon Musaf. And v'karbon Eitzim. There was also karbon Eitzim of the family of Parash, bringing Karbonus, etc. And therefore, the people of the Ma'amod were extremely busy, and they would not be able to read from the Torah or add extra parts to the davening on the Rosh Chodesh Teves. Mishnah the first three parakim of the Masechta discuss fasts which are decreed temporarily. That if there's a tragedy or if it's not raining, for example, they would decree a fast in order to do tshuva, to repent, and to get rid of the sorrow. Now, so far in this pair, we've discussed the fasts of the people of the Ma'amod, and that wasn't a fast which was decreed in reaction to a particular tragedy or a particular occurrence. Rather, it was fixed that every day, every week, for four days of the week, they would fast. The next couple of Mishnayas discuss other fixed dates during the year where they would have to fast, and those two dates are Shivasa Ratamuz and Tishabav. Chamisha Devarim, five things Eros have seen with Shivasa Ratamuz, occurred to our ancestors on Shivasa Ratamuz on the 17th of Tammuz, Vachamisha Batishabov, and five on Tishabov, and for those reasons we fast on those two dates. So firstly, Shivasa Batamuz, on the Shivasa Batamuz, the Shabra Luchais, the Luchais was smashed by Moshe when he came down from our Sinai, and he saw that the Jewish people were, were dancing around the Egla Zahov, so he smashed the Luchais. Secondly, Uvatala Tomid, the Korban Tomid stopped being brought when Yerushalayim was under siege before the Samitos was destroyed, so they weren't able to access any more sheep, so they would pay the enemy to pass sheep over the wall of Yerushalayim until one day the enemy stopped doing so and instead they passed over a pig, and so they were not able to bring a Korban Tomid on that day, and that was sort of the beginning of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh. Thirdly, before the destruction of the second Beis HaMikdosh, the city of Yerushalayim, the walls were breached. Again, that was the first stage to the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh. The Vesar of Apostomus Satoira, Apostomus, who was a Greek during the time of the second Beis HaMikdosh, he burnt the Sefer Torah, which was used 
used in the Beis HaMikdash, the Hemitzelem Bahichal, and he also set up a idol in the Beis HaMikdash, and because of these five tragedies, we fast on Shabbat Shabbatamuz. But Tishabav, what happened on Tishabav? Firstly, Nigzal Avisinujali Consul Oretz. It was decreed upon our ancestors that they would not enter Eretz Israel after they listened to the message of the Miraglim, the spies who came back from Eretz Israel. That was the first Tishbav in history. The next two things were Vachar Habayis Borishayna. The first Mishamitra was destroyed, Vashaniya. And the second Mishamitra was destroyed also on Tishabav. Fourthly, Menilkado Beitar. Beitar was conquered after the second Mishamitra was destroyed by the Romans. There was a city called Beitar with thousands and thousands of Jews there, and Bar Kochba led them in their revolt against the Romans. And on Shivasa Tammuz, they were defeated by the Romans. And fifthly, Menechushahair, the city of Yerushalayim was ploughed over after. The Bismillah had been destroyed, just like Yirmiyahu Hanovi had prophesied, the city of Yerushalayim was ploughed over. And the Mishnah tells us that Mishnah Nichas Av, from when the month of Av begins, one should decrease the amount of joy he has and focus on mourning the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Mishnah Zayin, Shabbos the week during which Tishabav falls, also in Sapper, it's forbidden to have a haircut or Melechabes and to wash one clothes. The mourning of the Beis HaMikdash is not only for one day, rather it's built up more and more as we get closer to Tishabav in order to really take the message and mourn over the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Now if Tishbav falls on a Friday, then Uvachamishi on Thursday, Mutorin it's permitted to wash one's clothes Shabbos because of the honour of Shabbos. So that they will have freshly laundered clothes for Shabbos, which will already be after Tishabav. They can wash their clothes on the Thursday already, although it's still forbidden to cut their hair, since anyway that's not generally done every single week, so it can't be done that week either. Erev Tishabov on the day before Tishbav begins, and this is referring to the last meal which one eats before Tishbav begins. This is known as the Surah Mafsekes. And again, now the morning needs to be increased just before Tishbav begins. Shilin. A man cannot eat two cooked dishes, only one cooked dish maximum. And Loichal Basar, he cannot eat meat during that meal. He cannot drink wine. He needs to eat the bare minimum. says, all he needs to do is change from what he would generally eat during a regular meal. He can technically eat two cooked dishes, but he should make it clear that he is reducing the amount he eats. And likewise, according to he would be able to eat meat, but less than he usually would. Now, during the Surah Mavsekes and on Tishbav itself, Rabbi Yehuda Mechaiv Bechfiyas Hamita, Rabbi Yehuda obligates one to turn over his bed so that he does not sleep on his bed at all, and he only sits or sleeps on the floor. However, the Chachom did not agree with Rabbi Yehuda because according to them, it is permitted to sleep on one's bed, but with a slight difference, just like Rabbi Shem Gamliel had said. As long as you make a small difference, for example, you don't sleep with a pillow, that is enough to show that you are mourning over the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash.